It's Thursday, May 10th, 2018. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon. And tonight, we will review two recent books. Original Magic, 2017, by Dr. Stephen E. Flowers, and Real Magic, 2018, by Dr. Dean Radin. Now, these books don't have much in common. Original Magic deals with the ancient Persian Magi, whereas Real Magic focuses on ESP and those who have special talents and powers. Now, both books are of interest to Hermetic students for different reasons. The ancient Persian Magi have been largely ignored in the present occult revival, and yet their beliefs and practices have had a strong influence on the Renaissance Hermetic and subsequently modern magic. Now, real magic champions the natural psychic and clairvoyant and presents the usual arguments and data to validate paranormal experiences and suggests that it can be induced by shamanic techniques. Now, Dr. Raiden also deals with the controversial futurist issues, such as the universal mind. Now, both books are subject to some philosophical and technical criticisms, but both are well worth reading. So, because it is original, let's start with original magic first. Stephen Flowers, Ph.D., his Ph.D. is in German Languages and Medieval Studies, is well known for his books on esoteric, the esoteric tradition, Hermetic Magic, 1995, and The Secret King, 2001. Now, his interest in non-biblical influences on the Western tradition is apparent. We are all aware of the Zoroastrian influences in our Bible, and we all know the story of the three wise men from the East, the Magi, who came to bless the Christ child. And we know that the ancient Zoroastrian religion of the Parsi people is still alive in Iran and India and in small enclaves worldwide. But Original Magic is the first popular book on Magiism or Zoroastrian magic. In fact, it is a syllabus of Zoroastrian spiritual practice toward the end of becoming a Magus an outline of a year-long program of study and meditation leading to self-initiation in the, in the tradition. When as such, it is fascinating and informative. But if you are reading to find Zoroastrian influences on our Hermetic and Kabbalistic magic, you will have to dig them out for yourself. Dr. Flowers only points out the Aryan cognates, Nordic and Vedic, he avoids other cultural connections in a reciprocal manner. In other words, uh, the Magi didn't do it to us, we didn't do it to the Magi. Uh, he suggests that the Iranian Sabaeans may have influenced the Magians in astrology and talismans. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a, a little, little thing, thing in his book about that, if I can find it. I've got all these things tagged, but that doesn't mean I can find them that easily. All right, let's see. This is in Muslim Transformations. After the Arabic conquest of Persia in the middle of the 7th century of the Common Era, there was an increased rate of exchange of ideas on all levels between Arabs and Iranian worlds. These are cultures that did not sprout from the same root 
as Arabic culture is Semitic and Iranian culture is Indo-European. The Arabs brought some new ideas and practices regarding magic to Iran. But at the same time, Arabic ideas were fundamentally transformed by intimate contact with the Iranian culture and its own deeply rooted traditions of magical practice. Orthodox Islamic thought is just as hostile to sorcery as is Orthodox Zoroastrianism because some of the philosophical basis of the Mazdian way was lost in the transition from Zoroastrianism to Islam and Iran, we see that more sorcerous ideas regarding magic and astrology crept into the common practice among Muslims. Now, this is, this is misleading because he's really talking about Sabaeans in Haran who were descendants of the, of the uh, ancient Babylonians, uh, star worshippers. A good idea of what this looked like can be gleaned from the grimoire known as the Picatrix, which is considered by many to be the mother of all medieval magical grimoires. This was translated into Spanish and Latin from Arabic in the 13th century. The original Arabic title was Gayat al-Hakim, the goal of the wise. Now, um, that's one reference. Let me see if I can find me. And uh, a little bit further on, he says, numerology. The study and application of the theory of numbers and number symbolism to philosophical inquiry and to the operation of the, magic, the magical workings of extreme importance to the Maysian tradition. We are met with numerological references in every facet of Maysian myth and, uh, and ritual. Again, a whole study could be devoted to this topic. And the Maysian tradition infused the use of numerical symbolism into many other neighboring religions, and the Mazdian way absorbed this kind of symbolism from others, such as the Egyptians, the Mesopotamians as well. Now, in this case, he's probably referring to the Herenians, whom we call the North Sabaeans, uh, who were the, uh, as we have discussed many, many times on this program, they were Hermetic, and they were they were the... Uh, uh, they were the magicians of the Arabian Nights. Students of Mazdian magic are invited to make numerological notes and create their own manuals of numerological symbolism uh, and interpret it, their meaning. By the way, uh, let me mention that uh, in, in our tradition and in the, um, the French version of Craterapoa, they have an alphabet of the Magi, which is actually a cipher of Hebrew alphabet but they call it the alphabet of the Magi. It's in all Christians' history and practice of magic, the initiation into the pyramids, which, of course, as we have discussed before, is the, uh, is the second degree uh, initiation in, of Craterapoa. But it's the, the French, it's the French version of Craterapoa. Uh, we know the Heredians... I'm going to talk about the Heredians. We know the Heredians added Persian Yazatas planetary angels, to their invocations, along with everybody else's. And we also know that the Heredians denied being Magi when they were challenged by the Muslim emir who demanded to know 
why they should be exempted from forced conversion. Well, they could have opted for Magiism at that point, but they chose to ally themselves with the Queen of Sheba's star-worshipping South Arabians. Of course, the Queen of Sheba was long gone by that time. I am frankly surprised that Stephen Flowers did not explain this. Perhaps he was embarrassed over the possibility that the Iranians had more influence on the Persian Magi than the Magi had on the Iranians. Well, in any case, the influences of the Hermetic tradition are obvious. Our holy guardian angel concept may be derived from the Zoroastrian Pravashis. Here it is of importance to see them as divine sparks that hold a place among the gods and goddesses, among the Yazatas. These are also collectively known as Arda Pravash, holy guardian angels. Each person is accompanied by a guardian angel, which acts as a guide throughout life. Originally, they patrolled the boundaries of the ramparts of heaven, but volunteered to descend to earth and incarnate as human beings, and they then stand by individuals to the end of their days and their incarnations. Ahura Mazda advises Zarathustra to invoke them for help whenever he finds himself in danger. If not for their guardianship, animals and people could not have continued to exist because the wicked Druze, those of non-existence, would have destroyed them. Their favashi also serve as an ideal for the soul to strive toward and emulate. Ultimately, the individual is reunited with his farashi and becomes one with it after death. Isn't that a nice concept? And, of course, naturally, it, it probably did influence our, our hermetic our hermetic idea of the, and, and of course in, in, in hermetic philosophy we amplified it by adding by adding two astrological guardian angels that you're born with, and and then the the uh, and the Fravashi is the one that stays with you through your incarnations, obviously. Uh, the Fravashi is clearly related to the Germanic mythology of the Valkyries, Old Norse Valkyrie. The two myths are not identical, but they have so many similarities that it must be said that they share a generic or a historical link. These mythologians, these mythologians, either sprang from a common Indo-European source, or else the idea was adopted into the Germanic world from the Iranian tribes with which the Germanic folk often made alliances over the centuries, being as early as the middle of the first millennium before the Christian era. Now, as I said, uh, remember that Dr. Flowers has his, has his degree in Germanic languages and uh, medieval studies. We may now briefly return to the question raised earlier about Aleister Crowley and his assertion that the aim of magic is to gain knowledge and enter into conversation with one's own holy guardian angel. Was he deceiving us with this definition? In the end, I think not. Indeed, the real aim of operative ritual, of operative spiritual technologies, or operative theology is to gain consciousness of and communication with 
the pre-existing divine component of the individual psyche. And once this link is forged and made permanent, the individual becomes a magician who is both a wise man and a man of power. There was also a woman of power. This is the essence of original magic. The philosophical idea of that God is consciousness, I'm back to my script now. The philosophical idea that God is consciousness and linked to universal consciousness may have originated with the Zoroastrians. This would tend to explain their dualistic separation of light and darkness, good and evil, and their magic. At least what Flower shows here is entirely transcendental. Referring to the wise lord of Uru Mazda, the creator among the immense uh, spentas, the first of them, spenta manu, or bounteous spirits, which is Uru Mazda's active and creative motivating force. Guardian of man, the sixth creation. Uru Mazda is the recipient of attention on the 1st, 8th, and 15th, and 23rd days of each month. The essence of Ahura Mazda is neither male nor female. Ahura is masculine, and Mazda is feminine. This is pure, focused consciousness, the true and absolute Godhead. At least Flowers shows here that this is entirely transcendental. Zoroastrianism is called the good religion. We know that it had considerable influence on the Judeans during the captivity. Ezra's rewrite of the Bible is easier to understand in light of Zoroastrian influence. The influence on Hermetic tradition is also obvious with the Holy Guardian Angels and the Universal Mind Conceptions. Flowers also shows us a tantric-style check. Before we get into that, let me mention that uh, that this uh, Ahura Mazda, being male and female, is very much like the El and the Elohim. El is masculine, and Elohim is is feminine. And this was the original this this was the original god of the original Israelites. And Ezra, of course, superimposed. A YHVH over it, and uh, and which is entirely patriarchal, and eliminated the feminine half of the deity, because originally El and Asherat were were a combined deity, and of course, as you recall, uh, Jesus, um, who was an Elohist, uh, believed that the soul was both male and female, and was not complete until until marriage. And and, uh, and 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 you had to have a complete a completed soul to produce more to produce more human beings, which is a pretty good argument for that that concept. Now, least flowers shows here. Yeah, I said that Zoroastrianism is a good religion. Uh, flowers also shows us a tantric style chakra system, which is similar to our Western arrangement, and if it really is ancient. It could be the inspiration for both Eastern and Western configurations. He holds off working this system until the seventh month in the program. Now, the basic tenet of Zoroastrian theology is that Uhuru Mazda is the invisible creator god. Alma Chakras. 
Many are familiar with the Indian doctrine of chakras, wheels, which seem to have been an Indo-European teaching with various manifestations in different cultural systems. The practical importance of this theory is in the fact that it allows the individual to embody magical teachings and thus internalize them in a, in a profound way. The link between the chakra systems and the teaching of Zarathustra is well made. Um, it refers here to a book by Shariar Shariari. In his article, Amensha Spences and the Chakras, and for the sake of distinction between the Mazdian tradition and that of the Indians, we'll call these centers by the Persian word chakra, wheel, which is cognate with chakra from the Sanskrit. And and he's got uh, he's got all seven of them here, and and uh, this is kind of like the Western system, uh, and and it has some similarities to the to the Woodruff system too, in the sense that uh, the sexual chakra is 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 attributed to Mars, which is rather patriarchal, but but uh, um, and in many ways, however, uh, he has like our like our Western system, he has he has. Uh, Ahura Mazda, Mazda, the white, is right up, is right at the top, like we have Chether up at the top of ours, and and uh, so that aspect of it is 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 very Western, and uh, of course remember that uh, that uh, Omar Khayyam, uh, who was a, I don't know whether you call him a Sufi or not, but he was certainly a Persian, and he was the one who's who who uh, delineated the. Uh, uh, what has what what has become the Western system uh, in the Rubiad? Up from Earth's center I rose, and on the throne of Saturn sat. And many are not unfolded by the road, but not the final lot of human fate. Yeah. The basic tenet of Zoroastrian theology is that Ahura Mazda is the invisible creator God. Both male and female, very much like El of the Elohim, Mithra. We know we were going to get Mithra in here. Mithra is Ahura Mazda's earthly messenger, like Jesus. And, like Jesus, he is born on winter solstice. Magic is a mode of communication between humans and the Azantas. And, of course, they're the, they're the angels and the planetary angels. And the angels of the chakras. And that we can communicate at all uh, is testimony to the fact that we are made of similar material and our systems are by nature in tune with one another. It is a basic fact of communication theory that only similar systems can communicate with one another or they communicate best with one another. A radio receiver will pick up signals sent from a radio transmitter, but it will not be able to pick up and decode signals from a satellite. The Azathas, however, have a universal encoding and decoding system. This communication takes place not only on the on the basis of information, but also in the realm of events and occurrences. And the symbolic character of magical communication allows for the translation of information into events. Monumental symbols can be transmuted and actual phenomenons or happenings. Now, before we leave Dr. Flowers, let's mention that that Mazdians were very much into astrology, and it's 
it's a fair guess to say, and I think the viewers would agree with this, that that most of their astrology seems to come from the uh, seems to come from Babylonian star lore, which means that they probably got it from the Sabaeans, and and uh, and they were they were very very much into natal astrology, obviously because they. They believed that uh, that each human being, you know, was was potentially a god, and uh, this this is is this concept of becoming more than human. You know, you know, you've you've heard that in the Golden Dawn all the time. You know, this is becoming. And by the way, Zoroastrian uh, magic and Persian magic has had has had considerable influence on the Golden Dawn, and you know, the guardian angel concept, and and. Uh, also, astrological concepts. I'm, I'm a little confused. Um, I know the Golden Dawn starts their zodiac at Regulus, and Flowers does mention the uh, uh, the four stars of the of the quadrants here. You know, Regulus, Emron, Fumholt, and and all. He he mentions them, but he does not. His zodiac does not seem to start at uh, at, at Regulus. Now, perhaps perhaps the later the later Parsis, they may have done what, uh, you know, what uh, they may have been influenced by Alexander and gone ahead and started at zero degrees Aries like everybody else did, and and uh, so it's possible. But I, but but the the the, the, uh, the Golden Dawn still uses, still starts off their zodiac at zero degrees Regulus. For those of you who don't remember, Regulus just happens to be directly on the ecliptic, and it's the marker star. So that that's one of the one of the rationales for that. But they they uh, they claim they that, that 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 came from the Persians, and you would think it would it would be from the Magi, but that is not explained. So that's something that uh, that Doctor Flowers ought to explain to us now. Uh, this book is very very well worth reading, and and. Uh, and it will, and he has quite a reading list in here, you know, this, to study for the various phases of the of the syllabus that he's outlined. And so it is a very good, uh, very good source of, of research on on uh, you know research references on Zoroastrianism, and which is very much alive. And and, and I like to before we leave this, I like to mention that Mithra. And, um, and Mithra had a lot of influence on the Hermetic tradition, and it also had, uh, you know, it, 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 that the Mithra cult went all the way over and became popular with the Roman army. And we had we had uh, Mithraic initiatory caves all the way up in you know, all the way up into England. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, I think uh, original magic is certainly worth having in your library, and, and certainly worth uh, worth worth looking at, and. Uh, and it'll give you a, it'll give you a very good idea of the rationale of pure theurgy, not thaumaturgy. Thaumaturgy is is you know we're using you know, good and evil spirits and, and and using the power of God. But this this is pure theurgy. This uh, so there's nothing demonic or satanic about it, and uh, and it's very very refreshing and and. Uh, and a beautiful book, and and uh, and uh, I, I really recommend it. Now, our second book is Real Magic by Dean Radin, who is also a PhD, this time in parapsychology. 
like like Bill Murray in Ghostbusters. And this book is one of several he's written on this subject. Now, the subtitle blurb reads, Ancient Wisdom, Modern Science, and a Guide to the Secret Power of the Universe. Okay, if that's really what the book is about, I'd recommend it highly. But in my opinion, it falls far short of that promise. Raiden does not concede the big secret of both Hermetic and Magian. He does concede the big secret of both Hermetic and Magian magic. That individual consciousness is linked to universal consciousness, and the microcosm can influence the macrocosm, as above, so below. He gets, he gets it, but then he loses it by ignoring astrology, upon which the as above, so below magical formula in both Hermetic and Magian magic is based, and promoting chaos magic while ignoring, completely ignoring Franz Barton in his lineage of Western magicians. He begins the book by suggesting that only those who are born with psychic powers are true magicians. Either you have it or you don't. And he presents some fascinating examples of people who had it. He gives us quite an account of a uh, Catholic priest a few hundred years ago who uh, hundreds of people claim to have seen this man actually levitate actually, you know, sit in meditation and actually rise, rise up off the off his chair and levitate. And, and uh, he cites a, a book on, on this, on this individual called the man who could fly. He also cites a uh, magician in, in San Francisco area who predicted a number of alien sightings and, and, uh, and, and uh, weather phenomenon and a number and a number of phenomena, and, and had a quite a remarkable success at it. Then you know he he seems to he seems to just have uh, complete contempt for for ceremonial magicians. I mean, and and um, I like to to read a few things here from his book so you can get an idea of of, um, of what he's thinking. The essence of magic boils down to the application of two ordinary mental skills, attention and intention. But the magical outcome is modulated by four factors, belief, imagination, emotion, and clarity. That's basically it. The ceremonial robes, somber settings, black candles, secret handshakes, chanting in ancient languages, sex and drugs are all good theater which may help in withdrawing the mind from the distractions of the mundane world, but ultimately they're unnecessary. Now, this man extols shamanism and completely ignores the fact that every shaman on this planet has a ceremonial costume and implements, drums, rattles, uh, and various, various implements and devices, and, a, and an elaborate cosmology. And in his own, if you want to call it primitive, and then, uh, in his own primitive way, he has all of the theatrical aspects that that a ceremonial Renaissance or modern ceremonial magician uses. And 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 the Renaissance and the modern magician has has a cosmology, a map of the cosmos, uh, and and a schematic of the cosmos. And so do the shamans. 
and and and, and this this Dean Radden is so he is well for one thing he's not very well read. I'm sure he's well read in his field, but he's not well read in the magical field or in the shamanic field. If he would read uh, the Cave Cave in the Cosmos by Michael Harner, uh, he would find. Uh, and analogies in there to, in shamanism to ceremonial magic and Kabbalah that would completely disabuse him of, of these cynical attitudes. I I find this insulting, and and uh, and the man does not mention anywhere in this book does he mention hypnosis. He never even mentions it. He does concede that yoga, that oh through yoga you may acquire CDs, you may acquire powers through yoga, but then he den- then he denigrates them and says you shouldn't use them. Um, so he doesn't seem to understand that uh, that all the, that what he what he considers good theater. And of course, I agree with him on the sex and the drugs. You don't need either. You don't need either the sex and the drugs. Uh, uh, not that not that I have anything against sex and drugs, <laughs> but they but they they're not necessary in ceremonial magic uh, to achieve the effect. Um, now down to it, and then he loses it by ignoring astrology. And this is another thing: astrology will work whether it's scientific or not. And frankly, astrology is just as scientific as any as any science because it's based on observation and effect. And, and that's all science is, is is observation and effect. And the scientists don't like to admit that, that most of their breakthroughs are inspirational. And that's been proven, by the way. And and yet they claim that they do everything by, oh, we just we just observe, and we observe, and we observe, and then we and we compile statistics, and then we come up with something replicable, and that's a scientific discovery. And of course that's very often not a scientific discovery at all, but astrology is, just, it is based on the same idea. If, if, if such an arrangement in the heavens it, it exists, such an effect will occur. And, and, uh, and yet, because this, uh, this is an archaic science and, and a scientific art, uh, these, these people want to reject it. They want to reinvent uh, some celestial model, uh, and they're continually trying to reinvent. But, but the truth is, if if the mind is universal, and if we are connected to the universal mind, and if the universal mind is using a computer analogy, if you if you program your mind, your microcosm mind, with an astrological program, it's going to work. If you believe it, it will work, and. If you ask, if you ask the question, well, how is that going to happen? If 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 the rest of the micro, if the rest of the macrocosm doesn't match your microcosm, how is that going to happen? Well, the answer to that is is your program, according to Hermetic philosophy, your mind is a replica of the universal mind, and therefore, if you if you install an astrological program in your mind, you have installed that same program in the universal mind. And if you can if you can grok that, which obviously read me can't, if you can grok that then then you understand why astrology will work and why astrological magic will work, elective astrology. And 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 it's traditional and it's it's our map of the cosmos. And that's both applies to the Magians and the Hermetics and and the ancient Egyptians and the Babylonians and 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 <laughs> The Central Asian shamans. Uh, now, 
This is upon which the eyes above so glow magical formula of both Hermetic and Magian, Magian magic is based. Now, in promoting chaos magic, which ignores, uh, and while ignoring Franz Barton in his lineage of Western magicians, Raiden begins the book by suggesting that only those who are born with psychic powers are true magicians. Now, he gets around at the end of the book, he finally gets around to to discussing this, uh, the formula of universal consciousness. And he agrees with it. But but then he completely ignores uh, all the traditional methods that have been developed for for programming our microcosm to to influence to influence the uh, the greater microcosm. Now venturing into the into the futurist domain, he has speculations on telepathy and groupthink that depend upon ego deflation and loss of individuality. He echoes the Eastern mystic platitude that the mind is the enemy and the ego must be destroyed, which has been a concept which has been weaponized by the cultural Marxists as another ask of dumbing down our society. Now, let me read his conclusion, and then I'll draw some conclusions on that. Where is the alien? We're not going to discover intelligent extraterrestrials, ETs, by scanning the heavens for the alien equivalent to the top 40 pop hits wafting out of Andromeda Galaxy on radio waves. Electromagnetic broadcasts are extremely primitive means of communication. We've been beaming them into the open for only about 50 years, and most communications are now carried digitally underground by fiber optics. Using giant radio telescopes in the hopes of spotting signals from ETs is like trying to talk to star people using smoke signals. It's not impossible, but I wouldn't suggest that you hold your breath waiting for a reply. Imagine an intelligent species a few thousand or a few million years more advanced than us. They are likely to know far more about consciousness and what it can do than what we currently understand. What we crudely call magic, they may understand as an exquisitely, to an exquisitely fine degree. They won't need physical rockets to, tra- to traverse the universe. They won't even need science fiction-style warp drive ships, or, for that matter, any ships at all. And if we can already see tiny space-time warps in our little laboratory PSI experiments, then they'd be able to manipulate huge chunks of space-time like slabs of soft butter. They would be able to spy on us, perhaps even embody us, from the dark side of distant galaxies far better than we're able to spy on friends and enemies with today's aerial drones. If extraterrestrials are watching, they may well have decided that, as a species, we're still basically infants, spending most of our time sleeping, pooping, and crying. We haven't reached out uh, to say hello via humanity's global telepathic mind because we're still enthralled with a cowboy myth of rugged individualism. What other than our planet-sized ego makes us think that the conscious universe of galactic minds would be interested in engaging with infants 
Well, frankly, if that if that doesn't defend you, then then you're not my kind of magician, I'll tell you, because because uh, this is part of this part of this business of oh, you've got to kill the mind. The mind is the enemy. You have to you have to overcome your ego. Well, hermetic magic and 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 Magian magic, as we have seen by by uh, what uh, Dr. Flowers is showing us, exalts the ego. You expand the ego. You don't contract it down to a nothing. You expand the ego to to uh, to include the universal mind. And and yes, you should you should help you should help other people who are capable of doing the same thing to be enlightened, to expand and 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 become one with the universal mind of all of all human minds. Yes, of course. But that doesn't mean that you have to give up your ego. Actually, your ego is your weapon. Your ego is your willpower. Crowley said, "Love is the law. Love under will." Yes, love all humans. Love, love all humans, but under will, under your will, and the will is the ego. And that, that is, that is both the Western and the and the original Magian uh, concept of of, of uh, you know of, of attaining this this. One, one with the one becoming one with your holy guardian angel, becoming uh, becoming more than human, and and I think frankly that that uh, these extraterrestrial, these hypothetical extraterrestrials that Raiden's talking about, would have a greater understanding of that than he does. At least I hope they would. And uh, and to continue, he says, secret adepts, what may be easier to imagine? And a future magic-based civilization, and is a magic developed behind the scenes and used by secret cabals on the for the benefit of humanity. The Marvel comic book series and 2016 movie Doctor Strange offers a popular representation of that enduring erotic fantasy. That scenario is more likely to manifest in the short run than any widespread public application of rational magic. In fact, we know it's more than just likely, it's also true. Psychics have been employed by police departments, governments, and businesses throughout history. From the 1970s through the 1990s, the United States and the Soviet Union each maintained highly classified programs of, of psychological research and applications. Government's interest in the use of sight remaining strong for a purely pragmatic reason, if provided provided useful information when no other sources were available. In December 1979, a 94-page declassified uh, report was issued by the U.S. Army. The report contained an assessment of one of the U.S. government's early top-secret psi programs, which was codenamed Grill Flame. That report attempted a uh, stamp secret close-hold hand-carry was declassified in 2003 by a Freedom of Information Act request. The Grill Flame Review Committee consisted of nine experts representing expertise in psychiatry, biostatistics, psychology, physics, engineering, and operational research. These individuals were pre-screened to ensure that they had no preconceived opinions about psi either for or against. 
the purpose of the review, one of them, one of many conducted over two decades by the U.S. government uh, involvement was the following. The prime motivation of the professional commitment invested by the committee members was based on the high potential payoff which the parapsychological phenomenon could uh, could have for the military and intelligence communities, if indeed such effects could be harnessed, controlled, and further advanced. In their assessment, the evidence was stated in careful, measured terms. On balance, the committee has indeed been persuaded that there is some probability that effects attributed to the remote viewing phenomenon exists under unexplained circumstances and in conjunction with particular individuals. Get that, particular individuals. That's Raiden's uh, Raiden's special born-again elite. Another classified review nearly two decades later issued by the Defense Intelligence Agency concluded that progress had been made. The evidence for valid information transfer Anomaly is, is a euphemism the committee used for remote viewing, and it meets all recognized statistical and methodological criteria. This means the anomaly cannot be explained by, by poor experimental design, incorrect protocols, faulty analysis, or fraud. The magnitude of this anomaly is considered to be uh, medium to large when compared to other known human behaviors. It's important to appreciate that these reports were not intended for public consumption. The government agencies seeking these reviews were charged with with two no-nonsense questions. But that's just a stereotype. Magic can also be used for healing, counseling, enhancing survival, and reduced suffering. The range of possibilities spanning the spiritual and material access is vast. It's in the bottom line. Many scientific and scholarly disciplines are slowly coming around to the idea that consciousness is far more important than previously imagined. This shift of opinion combined with the idea that reality is a form of information provides a renewed appreciation of ancient esoteric legends about magic. Now, why would he, why would he say this if he, if he doesn't believe it? provides a renewed appreciation of ancient esoteric legends about magic if we can get past the supernatural connotations, the the religious fears and prohibitions, and the occult baggage. Then, through the scientific study of magic, we have the potential to make rapid progress in gaining a better understanding of who and what we are. And if we can't escape our past, then we may be running headlong into extinction. Magic is real. Let's deal with it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, He said, yeah, magic's real. Of course magic's real. But the one big thing that I object to, as you can probably gather from the tone of my review, is that magic is available to any healthy, reasonable, interested human being who really wants to, or really wants to attain it, and and quite frankly, Franz Barden, who was a psychic and very much a psychic and a clairvoyant, he decided that he would teach or try to teach 
ordinary human beings how to how to acquire this these skills and 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 to become magicians because he said the young men that were killed mostly mostly men some women were killed during World War One their ghosts were screaming at him that nobody had had ever tried had ever told them what what the uh, you know what the other world was like now. I don't know whether I thoroughly believe Barton in this respect, because, uh, but, but no, no, I do because, because uh, if he imagined it, it had some validity and reality. Because no, nobody, nobody, nobody was really in those days was really undertaking training magicians, and and this is what uh, Franz Barton tried to do, and uh, and of course, uh, as those of you who know our program, we've tried to. We tried to improve on some of Franz's uh, techniques and his ideas, but essentially, uh, this is what he was what he was trying to do, and and uh, he laid out a program for for normal, intelligent human beings to acquire these powers and these and these psychic abilities that that uh, these special elites that Raiden is talking about are born with. And and uh, and some of them, I'm going, to, I'm going to mention this to you right now. Some of these people that are born with these abilities are not happy people. They're not happy. It's not, it's not fun to be, it's not fun for some people to have these psychic powers. They, they, they don't, they don't enjoy it. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and yet these powers are, Reachable with uh, with a with a proper a proper training program, and um, and even though Raiden admits this uh, in his brief dissertation on yoga, he admits that that these powers can be acquired, but he but he downplays them, and and as far as he's concerned, he's uh, he's going to do like Ghostbusters and go out and, and and flip cards at these people and see if they can and see if they they know what you know. What card, you know? What card? What what's on the back of the card? And he's going to find people that way. You know, if you want to be a magician, if you really want to be, you can be, and and you don't have to. And and as far as remote viewing is concerned, uh, we have we have done uh, uh, examples of that. And Hermes, Hermes, quite frankly, says in, in the Commander, he can says you you can go anywhere in the universe. The mind. The mind flies at the speed of thought, and that, of course, is also what uh, what Raiden is saying here when he's postulating these aliens. They don't need spaceships. They and and, and uh, so this this book uh, leaves a lot a lot in my mind to be desired. Uh, if you want to have a lot of re- you know see a lot of research on baseball curveballs and stuff like that, he's got a lot of that. And and you know details on psychic phenomena. I'm sorry, I don't like the book, and I can't recommend it. Uh, and and I wish very very much that he would have a little more uh, a little more uh, respect for for uh, for people who uh, who see magic from an intellectual philosophical perspective and 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 pursue it and pursue the discipline. And. Uh, that about wraps up my thoughts on that. Uh, and next week, next week, if I could get far enough through uh, the the Hipparatomachia of 
Pulafia. Uh, we'll do that one, that marvelous, uh, we'll, we'll review that marvelous uh, Renaissance uh, novel, magical novel, that was the inspiration for the Ninth Gate and, and the Rule of Four and the Chemical Wedding of Christian Rosencrux. And, and so, uh, and that, by the way, is a marvelous book. And uh, so, until then, uh, have a good Memorial Day and a good Mother's Day and uh, good magic. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.